comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Lemon, I need some advice. Tracy is actually trying to fight back. He ruined a wonderful evening at the Philharmonic, paying them to play the same song over and over again for hours. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Episode 296. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, Frank enjoys Cloud Atlas, while Brad enjoys his Cloud Anus. You have something to say to that, Brad? I have no idea what a cloud anus is. That's I'm why still we're trying to figure that's that why out. We sit you next to the open window. Uh, is that uh, all I know is that it stinks? Is that family friendly? Family I friendly? Know. I don't know, man. I had to try it. <laughs> you know, I think if you beep it, it may it's be a, funnier. It's a nautical term. I don't know. I'll listen to it. If it ends up being beeping, you'll know. I thought it was funnier that way. We're going to do a half hour wasted, guys. I episode two ninety six, which means we are uh, one episode away from the big announcement. That's right. What mm. are we going to do for episode three hundred? You tell us. This is which episode? This is episode two ninety six. Okay, okay. So which we need for you guys yeah, to tell us. You're going to have to. Um, you're going to have to uh, give us your opinion, or you're going to end up getting something you don't care for. Mm-hmm. We have a default that, yeah. but that we'll happens every. Please- that happens anyway. every week anyway, right. so yeah. it's not like it's not like you're really losing anything. Right. It's not like it wouldn't be expected. Right. Uh speaking of uh clouds and <clears throat> maps, right. cloud atlas. That's what he he brought yeah. it up, so yeah. you saw cloud atlas. Yeah, I saw yeah. cloud atlas when it came out. You know the the reason what really intrigued me about seeing it, it's it, it's a 3-hour movie. It is. Yes, it's I did not three know that. 3 hours. And I was a little hesitant but do they have they play Popeye during intermission like they did at the Primus show? Straight. Wow. They um one of um I lost my thought. Oh, yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to see the movie was uh, at a film festival where it premiered, it got a 10-minute standing ovation. Son of a gun. Kind of intrigued me. Yeah, now we all know who the Wachowski uh Siblings, siblings are yes, the siblings. they are siblings now because Larry decided to. They are no longer brothers. Larry yeah. became Lana. Larry became Lana. Yes, and another director who I have to look up his name here, uh, Tom Tykwer. I think he's okay. European. He he did Run Lola Run. If any, yeah, oh yeah, that movie. yeah, I've seen that. They co-directed and this its movie. sequel. So skip Lisa skip, <laughs> which was so. Good. So they had it's one of the rare cases when a sequel was just as good or better than the than the <laughs> that, previous. That one. rarely remember, happens. Remember when she skipped? That's why I said rare. <laughs> and, and you're you're so right. It was the perfect adjective. 
Uh, but Bill, you were gonna say like, if we were playing Mad Libs, you would have you would have slayed it, man. <laughs> um, three directors, uh, actually kind two of? directors because uh, the Wachowskis work together. Yeah. But, okay. But so this, yeah, was, this is this Tom fellow. Uh-huh. Did he? What did he do? Uh, he directed three of the segments, and the Wachowskis oh. did three. Of the oh, segments. okay, okay, cool. Is this the guy that hosts uh, America's Funniest Videos? Yes. <laughs> Tom like Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. Yeah. Let me let me print. He's just excellent on name. Dancing with the Stars too. Give us the just excellent. Give us the uh the synopsis? synopsis of Cloud Atlas because I tell you what, I saw the trailer and then a friend of mine from high school who I've reconnected with on Facebook over the last couple of years, he saw it and after his uh opinion of the movie, I just have zero desire to see it. What what was his opinion I, of the movie? He said that's three hours of his life he'll never get back. Uh, okay. Okay. Ready? Uh, I'm going to read you this little blurb, then I'll describe it. Uh, because Is of it the a nature, blurb or a blurb? Sorry, blurb. Because of the nature of casting on this Is film. Is it nature or nurture? I'm the, sorry. The I'll directors, <laughs> and it is directors, told the actors to think of their roles as a genetic strain rather than a series of individual parts. Genetic strain, okay. like a disease, or like uh, ongoing. Like life there's forms a like there's a possible connection between. That's what you're supposed to take away from this movie is okay. that there, is that things are connected. Okay. Now there's six stories. I'm going to break through them uh-huh. real fast. This was a book first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a book. Um, came out in 19. Uh, I'm sorry, 2004 by David Mitchell. And the way the Wachowskis got involved with it is Natalie Portman gave it to Lana on the set of V for Vendetta when she was working on that movie. Okay. Wow. Because I think they produced it, um, okay. the Wachowskis on that one. Okay. So here are the six storylines. The first one takes place in 1849. I the directed it. Uh, 1849, South Pacific Ocean. Uh, a gentleman is given um, part owner of a slave corporation. And they're headed back from Africa to America, to South America. Uh, from I'm sorry, from Africa to the Americas. And it's his story. The second one takes place... Is it his story or history? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. I'll shut up. Uh, the next one takes place in I 1936. I probably won't, but I'll try to keep it down. In Cambridge, England. And it's about these two guys who are friends. And one of them um, has a really interesting... Uh, he... Is very musically inclined, but he's of the lower class, and he meets up with this very famous composer, and he starts to work with this famous composer. The third story, which was my favorite, takes place in 1973, San Francisco, California, where a woman is trying to expose uh, some secrets to a nuclear uh, power plant. They have something, they're trying to hide a secret, and she's trying to dig it up. She's an investigative reporter. Um... Let's see. Then there is New Soul, which takes place in 2144. Um, You meet this woman who is a synthetic woman. She is created for the sole purpose of providing services for a fast food restaurant. That's all she does. And there's a whole bunch of her, and they are just manufactured one after the other. Uh, then there's one that takes place dated 106 winters after the fall. Based on the description of the movie, it takes place in the year 2321. And it's all these 
It's a combination between natives and people with current technology having to work together to send a message off into space because Earth is dying. There was one other story uh, that takes place in 2012. I missed that one. Uh, it's about a guy who's a publisher and his <coughs> his client who's just written a book that isn't selling well ends up killing one of the critics and because of that the book skyrockets and he becomes very wealthy and kind of loses control of his life. So those are the six stories. In a nutshell, pretty standard stuff. Can you go over those again, please? <laughs> Number one. Um, See, none of that interests me in the slightest. Okay. So what is it about this movie that is so appealing? Okay. I don't know, because it's not appealing. I thought you oh. enjoyed it. No, I said it was interesting. I never said I enjoyed it. Oh, I misinterpreted yes. what he's... I was very careful with my words. Um, what they're trying to find with this movie, they're trying to make a connection with all of these characters mm-hmm. that, in my opinion, is not there or it's so loose that you were struggling. You, you, would, you would be hard-pressed to make a concrete connection to it, even though that's what the, the director seemed to want you to do. Okay. Where this movie does stand out where it does a really good job is if you just watched a movie as a linear story where all these storylines happen to intersect. Now, the stories aren't one after the other. They all intersect. The pacing of the story is pretty intriguing. I never got bored during the movie. It was really interesting, and it was fun. And, you know, I'm I'm hard-pressed whether to recommend this movie as... You know, go out and see it because it is three hours. Um, I kind of wanted to see it with a critical eye. And, yeah, I just, I struggled with the inner message. But once I gave up looking for that message, the movie was great. (laughs) The the movie was just fun to watch. And, you know, uh, it's just so hard. It's hard-pressed to say, go see Cloud Atlas. Because I don't think it's going to change your life. I don't think it's going to, I don't think there's any deep meanings in there. But it's fun. Kind of like Speed Racer in a way, you know. Speed Racer okay. was was well. Speed Racer was just it, it was uh, basically a superhero movie. It was yeah. it was a comic book. Yeah, and where Matrix, you know, that first Matrix, yeah. where there's deep meaning and there's all that stuff about the one and stuff like that. They try to do that here. It's really a combination between Speed Racer and Matrix, almost. Wow. You know, from a story aspect and stuff, there are some fun moments in this movie. That made you know the audience laugh and stuff, and to be honest, I didn't know it was three hours when the movie was finished. That's probably a good sign. Yeah, if it didn't feel like three hours. No, it didn't at all. And and golly, I wish I would love to hear someone else's take on this movie. The the one thing that sounds to me is I don't know why anyone would applaud this movie for ten minute for ten minutes because it okay. wasn't. I just didn't get that out of it. I could try to call my friend Kevin and. And see what yeah. see what his, his <laughs> okay. It was, was a waste of time. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, I, I would just love to hear what other people think about it if they have seen it, uh, and and it's polarizing too. People hate it or people love it. I'm right down the middle. I just don't. I thought it was. I thought it was a good movie, and there were fun moments to it, and there were nice little threads that led to from one story to another, and you would go, oh yeah, that thing goes back to this story. 
or that's the item you're going to see later on in the movie because they referenced it. Okay. There's a lot of that. Um, photography is great, and the acting is fun. The makeup is terrible. Really? The makeup is horrible. It's just a bad makeup job. Well, do you think that, um, I mean, if you've got basically three directors on this, do you think that something like that slipped through? I mean, clearly a three-hour movie had to have a fairly healthy budget. I, uh, it had a $100 million budget. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Hugh Grant is in it. Yeah, really? And they, and, yeah, and they need to make him look like a very, very I don't old think man. I, I, all I know is Halle Berry and Tom Hanks. And Hugh Grant and Hugo Weaver. Hugo Weaving. Great Hugo Weaving. Weaving, Weaving yeah. which he plays only a bad guy. Mr. In this movie. Anderson. <laughs> um, he, 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 he steals a lot of great moments in this movie. He has, he has great moments. It's the smell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Hugh Grant has to play like a, like a 70-year-old man, and it just looks like they just piled makeup on him. Oh, no. And then he plays a cannibal. Well, not a cannibal, but a, a, a <laughs> tribal, vicious man. And she drives he, me crazy. He, you know, that Sorry. looks terrible. Fine young. His, fine young. Oh, I know. But he looks, but his acting is great. His standout performance is as a slimy... Um, producer at the nuclear plant the owner of it and he plays an american kind of a slimy american and his american accent is pretty pretty funny anyway cloud atlas uh, i wish i could say go see it guys but if you happen to come across if you have three hours go see it if you have three hours to waste and you've listened to all of our episodes <laughs> then maybe you should go see cloud atlas and that's not and I, that's what i struggle with because i don't think you would be wasting your time all right, I'm going to call my buddy Kevin real quick because he's the one that told me uh, that uh, Cloud Atlas yeah. was a waste-o. Yeah, not to, not to bother. So okay, give him a call real quick. Oh, let me put on speaker. Kevin, hang on, buddy. Hang on, I'm trying to get you on speaker. What happened? Okay. There we go. Hey, you're on uh, Half Hour Wasted with me and Frank Rincon and Bill McGonnell. Say hi. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Kevin. Congratulations. Can you can you hear us? I, it's a lifelong dream. I don't have you. You piped, have a sad life, Kevin. I don't have you piped in through the system. I'm just holding you up on speakerphone right now. So if you can, if you can't hear us, let us know. I will let you know. So we just got done talking about Cloud Atlas, and I mentioned earlier that because first off, I w- it didn't look interesting to me at all, and then your glowing non-review. Uh, made me right. made me even less interested in uh, Cloud Atlas. Frank said it was interesting, and I misinterpreted, thinking that he said he enjoyed it, but he was kind of like meh. And uh, he said he wanted to just get somebody else's opinion on it. Um, right. What made Actually, you? It's funny you say that he used the phrase meh because I turned to my daughter several times during the movie and issued the same meh. <laughs> How, uh, how old is your daughter? Uh, she's 21. Okay. Now, um, what drew you to the movie? What drew me to the movie? Uh, there was a couple of different aspects. Um, first one would probably be Tom Hanks as an actor. He's you know He doesn't do a whole lot of bad movies. And Holly Berry, she's another. And the whole... Um, 
everything's connected is very interesting to me because I watched a documentary by Tom Shadyac called I Am, and it deals with the same subject, and it was fascinating to me. So I was hoping that this would uh, kind of play off of, of uh, the documentary, and it did not at all, in my opinion. Was so. the documentary about the Cloud Atlas movie, or was it about the, the idea no. that things are interconnected? Uh, it, it was a documentary uh, about everything is connected. Okay. You know, now, it had what, nothing to do with Cloud Atlas. It came out in um, February of 2010, I believe. Now, what? Uh, where did the movie fail you? Where did Cloud Atlas fail you? Uh, where did it fail me? Um, that's a good question. Um, it just didn't have any substance. To me, it, it it was all over the place. It, it, I don't know if you know if, if anyone has seen it, but the same handful of actors and actresses, which I'm just going to guess off the top of my head, there's eight. Yeah, I actually, Every, actually, Kevin, we, we did we did played, do a synopsis of it. Three or four different roles. Yeah, yeah, we did do a synopsis and, of it, and I did see it. Right, and what was your opinion of it? Um. Once I decided not to um, try to look for a link between all these storylines and just cho- right. and just watch it as one big movie, it was entertaining. Yeah. It was not right. great. You know, I don't know if you heard this, Kevin, but the movie when it premiered received a ten minute ovation, standing ovation. That's what intrigued me to go see it. Uh, you know, when right. the movie was over, I was just like, that did not deserve a 10-minute standing ovation. Exactly. It, and I haven't, I haven't heard that it got a 10-minute standing O, but I did read some reviews that were stellar. I mean, were really good reviews, and that coupled with the fact Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, you know, those are two upper echelon actors. And they, they're not known for making horrible movies. Yeah, so the, the hoopla was was way was 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 too much. It was just it, it didn't it didn't deserve that. Now, if you were to take opinion. if you were to the take a step hours long, that's that's a lot of time to invest in in a, in a movie. That's that was one reason I was very hesitant about seeing it. But once I kind of watched the movie and the pacing of the movie, if, if you recall during the movie. They would set up one storyline and talk about the action that they were going to take, and then another storyline would come in, and it would continue on that action, but in their storyline. I thought that the the pacing of the story was very intriguing to me, and it flowed really well. And it was. It was. I do agree with you there, and I believe that has uh, a lot to do with the... Uh, directors, you know, the Wachowski brothers. Uh, they're, not so, bro- they're not brothers anymore, buddy. They're siblings. What? They're not brothers anymore. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Lana Wachowski. They're siblings. Right. The si- the they're w- siblings. They're brother and sister. So, right. uh, yeah, that also intrigued me because I'm a, a huge Matrix fan, you know, and uh, and I thought, well, heck, that was so good so let's see their, their next offering and I guess the um, 
the hormones got to Lana and, you know, it, was, <laughs> it, it, corru- it, it corrupted her, it corrupted his or her uh, ability to make a, a good film. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just grasping. Now, like I mentioned so. before, Kevin and I are high school buddies, and uh, we've uh, reconnected on Facebook over the last couple of years, and we've gone to see it several movies together lately and I've come to, to trust Kevin's opinion when it comes to movies. And when he said, I think on Facebook, Kevin, you said that was like three hours. You'd never get back. I just lost complete exactly. interest, lost complete interest in going to see it. So, yeah. And I, I continued on and saying it, I was very or so disappointed in it. Uh, you know, yeah. I was I, so looking forward to it. Uh, I think once you just take a step back in looking for that connection and looking for the deeper meaning, it yeah. it just becomes a, a movie that you can enjoy on its own, and these stories just happen to True. interconnect. I True, think that I is its strength. That one of the one of the links that they used in the movie was a birthmark. I thought that was kind of trivial. I think that was kind of uh, just not well thought out. Yeah, that because that birthmark that birthmark went to characters that were never the primary. Or the, or the good character, you know. it That right. birthmark yeah. floated around too much to have any meaning. Right, right. And and the the ending of the movie, I'm not, I don't want to give anything away. No, it, it's so, okay. It seemed to, be, seemed to be so profound, so important, but I didn't get the storyline that, that led up. I mean, I did, but it wasn't, it didn't grab me like it should have. To where at the end you're like, oh yes, you know. But now I see, you know, it was just lost on me. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and, and spoil the ending because I don't think the ending is important to the movie at all. Um, right, right. Basically, the the last story is is Earth is can barely support life. Uh, they right. the guys send the signal out into space. And then the movie ends with them on another planet telling the story of Earth and how all these people are interconnected. It's not really a wow-wee moment. Yeah, no. And also, uh, I want your opinion on this. What did you think of the language, like the uh, how they spoke, like true-true, uh, give me the true-true, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, the Tom Hanks character and Halle Berry. Right. The and and just to let you just guys the know, spoke the way that they communicated with each other was kind of like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I equate that to. Um, let let me tell the guys here. Uh, the sixth story in it takes place in the future, so far in the future that English has evolved to another type of way of speaking. Yeah, of course, to where it is still English, but uh, there, there's a pigeon way of talking. So much so that, like, when you go to a Shakespeare play and you start to listen to it, yeah, and, absolutely, and and you struggle a little bit with what they're saying, but you get the content context of what they're saying. Yeah. Same thing here; they jump so far in the future that English has changed, so you're not getting a hundred percent of what they're saying, but you're getting the context, and finally you get to follow it and you get what certain words mean and stuff like that. Um, I actually, Kevin, I actually did like that. Uh, just because it was different, and it gave me something to concentrate on. Uh, it, it gave me something okay. to focus on, on what they were saying. I, right. I could see that, but it just, I don't know, it, it didn't make it didn't, the movie any more interesting to me. Now, just, now I, I had, 
had they spoken straight English, I would have never questioned yeah. it. Like I would have been fine with that. Right. So, um, yeah. now I did, I did laugh a couple of times during the, during the film. And, uh, it was, it was always at the, the hotel that, that one of the characters thought he was checking into. Right. And the, 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 the breakout, the old man who never said anything, but I know, I know. <laughs> During, yeah, during the middle of the movie, uh, a guy asks for help from his brother, and his brother instead puts him in a institution okay. that he can't check out of, and he thinks he's checking into a hotel, but he's really signing himself away into oh, this institution, no. so he can't leave. So a lot of the plot involves him trying to break out of this <laughs> insane <laughs> asylum with some right. other old codgers. And and you know they have to devise a plan to get out of this yeah. uh, of this institution, and that's very funny to see old people just yeah, planning and stuff also, like that. Also, uh, that same sequence. Uh, how did you like uh, Hugo Weaving as the uh, <laughs> the strict uh, nurse ratchet of, of the uh, establishment they were in? Yeah, she was uh, she Hugo Weaving drag. in drag <laughs> is pretty scary. damn funny. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. And played yeah. straight as nails. He is, uh, yeah, he was pretty <laughs> Well, now, now I kind of want to see that part. That part is worth right? seeing. And, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's humorous. And then, you know, on the, on the, same, on the same topic, you go, uh, what do you think of the character? And I'm still not sure to this day what he was. Was he an apparition to Tom Hanks' character? Oh, the leprechaun. Was he, sub, was he a subconscious? What, what was that, actually? Uh, I believe that that was his conscious. Uh, this is during the sixth okay. storyline um, where Tom Hanks, he doesn't know whether to do right or wrong, and Hugo Weaving would show right. up behind him. He basically looked like a leprechaun and would tell him yes. to do bad things, would tell him to let go of the rope or tell oh, him no. to you know kill her because she's mm-hmm. going to ruin your life. To- yeah, and I, I think that was just the dark side of his mind manifested. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I got out of it, out of it too. And also, I, I saw Leprechaun as well. <laughs> yeah. What, right. did, what did you think of the makeup throughout the whole movie? It was fantastic. It was great. Oh. And I also read an article where the actors on set would walk past one another not knowing who they, you know, each other were because of the, the heavy makeup that they were all. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Frank didn't. Frank didn't like. He didn't like the makeup, especially on um, Hugh Grant. On Hugh Grant, when he played the uh, when he played the older brother, it really yeah, did look that like was, that he. Was not, that was not good. You're yeah, right. that was. It looked. It looked high school. You're yeah, right. You're, that's true. Okay, bro, Chacho, we're gonna let you go. All right, bro, Heman. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Brometheus. All right, bye, Kevin. Say goodbye to bye, Frank bye. and Bill. Bye. Bye, Bill. Kevin. Frank, it's been a pleasure. Bet. We like to see how many different names we can come up with <laughs> that start with bro. Okay. He actually made up one of those. I think he uh, made up Bro Magnin Man. That's and, brotastic. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Bro Chacho was another one I think he That's brotacular. He came up with. Anyways. So you guys never discussed one thing you did not discuss about Cloud Atlas was 
I never heard any talk about midichlorian counts. Oh, did the, just, very, that just not come up in the movie? Very or? important. Uh, okay. So important that they left it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a hanging thread or something. <laughs> I'm not going to know what to do now. I recently saw The Man with the Iron Fists. That, oh. What does Quentin Tarantino have to do with that? Did he direct it or did he just produce it? He did not uh, direct it. I think he produced it. Let me look it up on the on the IMDb so I get my information correct. Man, well, here we go. Russell Crowe is in it. Um, Rizza, I believe is how you pronounce his <laughs> name. He's a, a rapper. Oh, I thought that was Bill's yeah. phone. Don't Rizza. you have don't, don't you have a Motorola Rizza? Rizza? Um, Silly people. He. Uh, produced almost all of the Wu-Tang Clan's albums. Yeah. Um, he was the de facto leader of the of the Wu-Tang Clan, but he's yes. uh, trying his hand at acting now. He he was the man with the iron fists. Oh, okay. This is a, um, a martial arts, you know, thing. Uh, Russell Crowe's in it. Lucy Liu is in it. Um, I've already said RZA was in it. Let me see if I can find... Some of the uh, was produced by. I don't see Quentin Tarantino's name at all. I could have sworn I saw his name attached. To I thought name. I did too. They. I I did I'm too, pretty sure they play his involvement up in the commercials because that's the only place I would have seen that on the IMDb. I don't see anything about uh, Tarantino at all with this movie. So, but anyway, Tar- Grant, uh, Quentin Tarantino presents. Oh, the man with iron fist? That Maybe. What the heck does that mean? Yeah. They, He's the presenter. Is that the same thing? Like It's produced by Steven Spielberg, because apparently Steven Spielberg would take a million dollars to produce anything. Or now Let's see. You want to give me a million dollars, and I'll let you put my name on it. Stan Lee yeah, presents. Right, sure, whatever. Stan Lee presents yeah. all the Marvel comics now. Yeah. On the hunt for a fabled treasure of gold, a band of warriors, assassins, and a rogue British soldier descend upon a village in feudal China where a humble blacksmith looks to defend himself and his fellow villagers. Riza was the blacksmith. Spoiler alert, he gets his arms cut off. Dang it. And he's been creating these awesome weapons. And he creates... With his feet? No, before he got his arms cut off. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. But after he got his arms cut off... Yeah. He teams up with Russell Crowe's character okay. to create the baddest weapon of all, which is a set of Ooh. iron fists Ooh. from just below the elbow down. Uh-huh. And because his chi yes. is the way it needs to be, and he's learned to master his chi, yeah, right. he can control the inanimate objects that are the iron fists. And so even though he does mm. not have fingers Doesn't to go in the the... Iron fists, he can control them with his chi. Just like and, just like Iron Fist, Iron yeah. Fist can control his chi. So it was, you know, it was interesting. the The trailer made it look more fun than it was. Oh, you know, okay. it was it was confusing. You know, a Brett, little bit, but you know, I'm like Pooh Bear. I'm a bear of little, very little brain. So when it comes to certain movies, I kind of go, huh. I tell you what I want to see. I want to see Seven Psychopaths. That looks fun, I too. I cannot wait for that to show up at the Dollar Theater. <laughs> Lucy Liu. I wish let I was me, joking about that. Let me just that. say something. No, I, I hope you're not, because I really want to see it. It's got yeah. Christopher Walken. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> but when I put my pants on, I make gold records. 
<laughs> I am not attracted to the Asian persuasion. Fe- persuasion. Okay. But Lucy Liu, dad gummit, she's cute as a button. Mm. She is yeah. cute mm. as a button. Love her. Love her freckles. She has these freckles that are just that like, might be adorable. <laughs> she's in this movie, and she's good as always. She's a good actor. She was awesome in Charlie's Angels. Yeah, um, I have a, I have a soft spot for for the first Charlie's Angels. I, I, I love that scene where she walks into the uh, she walks into the the classroom, if you will. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's wearing leather and she's got the riding crop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's you know if you like really cool special effects and and crazy battles, kung fu battles with flying people and right. and and Monty Python esque blood squirts. Oh yeah. This is your movie. Who doesn't? This is your movie. I uh I'm 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 not I have to be in the mood for those movies yeah. and and I can love a good bad Japanese Chinese bad kung fu movie. And I when I saw the previews for that, it really did intrigue me, but um you know, just going to, you know, making the effort of having to go to the theater to see it was a little <laughs> far. You know, I had I had um I had the day off and I had a doctor appointment and I had something to do later that night. So I had four hours to kill and I thought, okay, that's the circumstances yeah, I would I'm see. Sa- I'm going to go see a movie. It's a matinee. It's not going to cost me an arm. And okay. Leg. So that's, that's what I did. I went cool. to see it. Um, it was okay. It was fun. You know, I actually, I am not a fan of going to see movies when I'm even a minute late to them. Ooh. But I was about a minute late to this movie. I gambled with the 15 minutes of previews. You yes. know? I thought, yes. okay, I can make it to the theater. But the construction in this area, as you guys both know, is oh. utterly ridiculous lately. Yeah. And in the Grapevine South Lake area, uh, the traffic, lunchtime traffic can be horrendous. Yes, yes. So I was caught in that, and I literally walked into the theater about, it was in the opening voiceover monologue, you know, where the, the main character is kind of setting the stage, yes. you know. So he was doing that in a and, world where people don't have hands, right? Except made out of metal. It was one of those, and I pro I, I probably walked in about thirty seconds after the movie started. All right, but uh, you know I was okay with that. Well, a lot of times the first thirty seconds is critical exposition, so who knows what you missed? Yeah, but I figured it out. Actually, you know what's funny mm-hmm. is that I may have missed about a minute or so because there was this mysterious character with a hood, right? And we didn't know who it was the whole movie. And then at the end, his head pulls back. And I could hear people in the audience go, ah. And, you know, they were elbowing their partner or their date okay. or whatever. It's like, that's the guy that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I must have missed that in the first 90 seconds Aww. when I walked in late because I didn't know who that was. But, uh, you know, it was it was okay. Okay. Well, it was very reminiscent of the 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 Kill Bill yeah. Fight scenes, yeah, you know that type of deal. So, even if you had fun with that, whatever. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie in a while. You're, you're not. Brad's not going to like this, but I, uh, I took Sage and uh, we went and saw for the second time, Dollar Theater. By the way, um, by the way, Saturday afternoon, Dollar Theater, three oh five start, three uh, D uh, showing at the Dollar Theater. Uh, can you guess what the ticket was? Okay, I'll tell you, three dollars and twenty five cents for one ticket. How do you reconcile that? For one ticket? At a dollar theater. Because it's... It's, it's well, not the $3.25 $3. theater. It's the dollar theater. Well, they don't say how many dollar 
It could be, you know, dollar. You know, and do they like, say it's they, like Burger King? Yeah. They have several different types of burgers. Well, but do they say they say dollar and dollar segment theater because not, it was three twenty five. They always charge that extra bit for the three D glasses. But it used to be that it was a buck or whatever it was, buck fifty, or, or it was three bucks for the three D movie. And I'm hoping that it was just a weekend thing. Though I don't expect it was. There are no dollar theaters anymore except on Tuesdays. Yeah, now you've got a dollar fifty. Yeah, but the dollar theater on Tuesday is seventy five cents. So let that just blow your freaking mind. Okay? I'm not going you to don't, I'm you not don't going pay to a dollar to go to a dollar theater anymore. You pay seventy five cents or you pay three dollars and twenty five cents and I don't get it. Did Sage like it? Yeah, well, he remembered it from the first time we saw it. So and, why uh, did you go back a second time? Because we saw it in 2D the first time. Uh, we saw it in 3D the second time. And you unlike, and three dimensions. No, wait, what, unlike what you, movie are we talking about? The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. Unlike Brad, I really liked that movie. Um, in fact, I... Gosh, I don't, know if we'll, I don't know if I'll end up buying the Blu-ray. It's not a slam dunk that I'll get it. Um, I don't really have a... I don't have a problem with the idea of getting it. Uh, I liked it that much. I, I, a lot of the impressions no, I had the first time around. God! No, God, please, no, 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 but, no! <laughs> Thank you for that drop, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, so I came away thinking the same things I saw. I thought the first time I saw it. I. I I, I like the characterizations. I like what they did with it. I like the fact that Peter didn't lay over and be a wallflower. And and these are all the things. I'm I'm sorry. I know we're beating a dead horse. I have a clip. These from, are the things that Brad didn't didn't like about. I have it. a clip from your first review of this movie, though. Okay. I love Nazis, though. Yeah. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> I don't remember Nazis. I don't really but, don't um, remember that scene, but. Yeah. Who doesn't love Nazis? Especially if you live the in the Jews. Well, them too. Is this is this a good time to get into politics? No, no. Hey, are we going to talk about Arrow? Let's. Are you the done with Spider Man? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could go on, but Arrow I'm not on the CW for your benefit. As of this time, there's been four episodes: the pilot, Honor Thy Only Father, four? yeah, Lone Gunman, and an Innocent Man. I was not looking forward to this at all because I saw a couple episodes of Smallville and it did not float my boat. I saw an interview uh, on. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con coverage with uh, Attack of the Show. Mm-hmm. They had the principal and the the main lady, mm-hmm. the lady grand friend. Stephen M. M. L. Okay. And Katie Cassidy. Yeah, they had those two on, and they could not have looked like they wanted to be there less. I mean, they just, they seemed wooden. They seemed uninterested. And maybe it was just, maybe it was because Olivia Munn wasn't there. I don't know. I'm but, looking at a picture of the two of them at New York Comic-Con. They look... Very happy. Well, at the San Diego Comic-Con, up there on the Attack of the Show stage, oh, okay. uh, it was a completely different... And, and they almost talked me out of wanting to watch it. Just like, oh, this is going to be awful. But I watched the second episode and uh, have not seen the pilot nor the two since, so I'm a bad person to be chatting right now about it. But, yeah, it's got some promise, man. It's it, uh, better than I thought it might be. I've just fallen in love with it. It oh. is so good. And this show could have taken the road of being almost a little cheesy. Yeah. 
um, almost a little tongue-in-cheek, almost like, remember a few years ago there was that Aquaman series that never got produced, but the pilot did. Okay. And, you know, it just felt like it was going to be just like the early days of Smallville. How is it so good? Um, they treat it seriously. It's not cheesy. They, they okay. treat it really it, isn't. They treat it seriously. It is dark. Uh, Green Arrow is a bad butt. You know, he doesn't Good. mess around. He's not punny. He's not like, you know, okay. making <laughs> jokes. Yeah, you, you honestly feel like, I mean, these people yeah. are scared that this could, you might as well call this Batman this, because that's almost what it so is. So this guy might drop you off the side of that building. Yeah. My first thought was okay, the people that watch this are going to go, wait a second. This is a Batman ripoff, mm-hmm. you know, because billionaire playboy. Yeah. He's got his own special hideout. Um, you know, he has a secret identity, but I mean, it just feels like Frank said it right. They take it seriously. The few episodes of Smallville that I saw did not feel to me like they took it seriously. I didn't see enough of it to really speak intelligently about it. And so I don't know, but uh, Brad, I, I think you're, you're true in that, that there was, that was part of the charm of Smallville. It was Superman. It was about, you know, okay. it, so they, they kind of tongue in cheeked it a little bit. Well, for me, the thing that made Smallville so hard to watch was the fact that it was it was Dawson's Creek with a dude from another planet. It was it was a nighttime soap opera that it just which I would I tried to watch that. I would watch multiple episodes a season. I'm talking two or three or maybe four and try to enjoy it. I mean, this is this is coming from someone who wanted to like this thing going into it. And I would watch it and just think to myself. What's the point? Well, this does definitely does it. not feel like a soap opera to me. No, I mean, thank goodness. It there is drama, yeah. but it is not of the. Does he love me? Does he doesn't love me? You know, right. that Dawson's Creek type of yeah. of romance. You know, that this is like you know life and yeah. death, danger. Lana or Lois? Gosh, and uh, you know, kind of spoiler alert. You've already seen the pilot, but. You know, Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, he does something very uh, terrible. He's a very terrible human being at the beginning of the show. Okay. He sleeps with his fiance's sister. Yes. And she ends up dying on on the, on the a trip that they're together. And so he has a lot of baggage. He's a terrible, rotten, selfish person. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely not a good-hearted person, but... When he's been trapped on this island for five years, yes, you know he learns life lessons and and things change, and now he wants to make up for his wrongs and his father's yeah. wrongs. Again, which I, you come to find out his father had a lot to do with the corruption that's involved with uh, okay in this in Star not Star City but Starling mm-hmm. City, which okay. is weird. I don't know why they would bother. I, I thought it. I thought I saw the the most important episode of the series because again, you know, like you, Frank. Um, the origin story for any of these superheroes is one that I've read or seen 85 times. I'll tell you what, though. Didn't need to see it. I, I wouldn't mind watching the pilot. It's probably got stuff that, that the comic book. But I know that in the comic book, he was a millionaire playboy, washed up on island, uh, was stranded, marooned, had to spend the next five years teaching himself how to use a bow and arrow. Then he escaped, and then Bill, the rest is history. this is the genius of the show. Yes. The origin is not given in the first episode Oh, the okay. whole series is about the origin. Okay. You find bits and pieces of what happens each 
episode. We still okay. don't know what happened on the island of change. Isn't there? They're doing this. Um, they're doing this in uh, Arrow. Um, the the lost the lost phenomenon of giving you bits and pieces okay. of the past as you move forward into the present. And That's the a common thing in shows now. It's well, it is big becoming more in, common in Revolution. Also, the okay. Show well, they're also doing it. This is the first season they've done it, and they they brought a showrunner back uh, from about three years ago. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant, but a lot of people hailed it as a, a, a very important development in my favorite guilty pleasure, Supernatural. Um, but they've been doing that this year in Supernatural. They ended last season with a massive cliffhanger and they opened the season up this year and he was back. And I was just like, what, what, what do you mean? You're not going to show us how, Okay. And we're, I don't know, five, six episodes into it now. And every episode, they're giving you, they're flashing you back to his time in purgatory. And you know that he got out, but they're telling you the story of how it happened. Okay. And Same what formula. happened there. And there's a major character uh, who uh, was in purgatory with him who apparently hasn't gotten out. We don't know for a fact. And they're revealing the story slowly of what happened to this other character and uh i I find it um uh, pretty fascinating i think it's it's a cool way to uh break up um you know just the the standard a plot line of a show because in so many shows these especially you know the the star trek phenomenon where you've got the a plot and the b plot in every episode and you see that happen in situation comedies and, and lots of stuff uh lost did it um but they don't do that in Supernatural and many other shows. It's just you've got the A plot, just the the one single plot of the episode going all the way through. And this is a way to kind of break that up. And uh, it's it's being well done. Um, the, uh, the the cast for Arrow is pretty strong, too. Okay. It's um, the, the supporting cast and stuff are I mean, incredibly interesting. The main girl's mm-hmm. character's name is Dinah Laurel Lance. Yeah. Which was awesome. There's a lot of DC nods. Mm-hmm. And I just got to, her name is Katie Cassidy. I just got to say that I've never seen this girl in anything mm-hmm. before. I think she was in Supernatural, I think. Okay. Um, Have you IMDB'd her? Yeah. Okay. But, um, she is um, She is adorable. She's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. She's 17 years younger than I am. Oh, dear. So she's in her 20s. So I'm comfortable with saying, goodness gracious. <laughs> okay. The uh, the sister who plays Speedy, uh, she she's cute and spunky, a little annoying, but I hope they take her to become uh, um, Oliver Queen's Speedy. Yeah. Yeah, he I called really, her Speedy once, didn't he? And I really hope they do that. Not now, not next season, but maybe in in, yeah. in three seasons, maybe she can start doing that. Well, there's no reason they have to, but, um, but you know, Speedy was... A, I'm not going to get hung up on this, but Speedy was, of course, a boy. Well, Back he, in the day when all the DC characters had their wards, had their their boy sidekicks, uh, he, was, he was the sidekick, Roy. And uh, they have in this last generation, and uh, they have in Young Justice, there is a girl. Yeah. There is a girl, young Archer, um, and I forget her real name, but her professional name is Artemis, which is a great freaking name for a, uh, for a hero. And I, I wonder why they, uh, if they don't, I wonder why they would not uh, go with Artemis rather than Speedy. 
I mean, Artemis that's her, that's is associated nickname. with the uh, the Wonder Woman side of things. Uh, yeah, well, Artemis, um, one of the uh, um, she's in the the Greek pantheon, if I remember right. Yeah. Now, in the um, pilot, we saw what's his name. Deathstroke's Death mask. Strokes mask on the really? island. Yeah, yeah. There was a Deathstroke's mask was hanging on a, a pole or post of some kind. Okay. Uh, with it looked like was, an arrow an, through the eyepiece. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's got one eye patch, right? And there was an arrow going through that. It was pinned. It was just, yeah. there was no head in it. It was just the mask itself. Okay. So we've had that DC nod. We've got um, the Huntress coming uh, in the next. One or two episodes, yeah. the Huntress is going to show up. One of the death was it Death Lock? Death? What was the Death Deadshot? Deadshot. Okay, was in one of the last episodes. Which unfortunately he got killed, but that was still kind of cool to see him. Or he he did had his he? he had his wrist uh he had his wrist guns, which I always thought was a I'm pretty a sure terrible weapon. I'm pretty yes. sure he's dead because he ended up taking an uh. An arrow through his his little cybernetic eyepiece. Oh yeah. dang it! So there are lots so he of, had a cybernetic eyepiece and everything. Yeah, dang! I got to catch up. There's some really good. Um, oh, and he tattooed all his victims on his body, and his body was just full of names. Yeah. Everyone wow. he ever killed was on him. It's a really good show. It's not cheesy. You know, I was bored one day. I had the day off, and I caught up on all my shows that I've watched. And What's I thought, that like? Yeah, and I thought. You know, I really want to like the show Arrow, and everybody that I've talked to said they really like it, so I'm going to give it a shot. And I watched the first episode, and it was just immediately... I tell you what, 90 seconds into the show, okay, I was hooked. <laughs> okay? And then I watched that first episode, and I said, this is definitely a winner, and I watched the next two the next day, and um, I am look forward to it. You know, and I'm not sure how I feel if they ever bring in capes in it. Like if they bring in superpowers, I kind of like it based where it is. Well, one I mean, of this the, is a Batman based type of one world. of the rumors that we heard before the show ever started was that Bruce Wayne would show up in this. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah, that's, awesome. that's what I heard. I have heard that rumor too, but I, I don't. That. I don't know. As they much changed as you guys the do, why so. change the name from Star City to Starling. I don't know. Uh, that. Um, that's a, that's a writer's don't choice. Don't even really have you a good know. guess. It, it's probably one of those things where a bunch of writers were sitting around the table and goes, Star City, really? I don't know, but whatever. So I'm digging this show. If you guys... You know, I'm not, a hu- I'm not the hugest Green Arrow fan. And they don't call him Green Arrow. You know, they call Which him... Which is another thing. Yeah. yeah, they call him the guy in the hood. Yeah. You know, um... The show's not called Green Arrow. It's called Arrow. Uh, it's just really well done. I would give it a shot if I were you. Uh, I, I would. I mean, this is one of those shows where I would give a four almost. Out of? Out of five. Okay. I mean, it's so good. I, I watch it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just want to know how the plot. I just want to know what's going to happen. God, they're so good at, le- at with the cliffhangers. Last week's cliffhanger was great. Do you remember it? Really? Brad? I don't remember a cliffhanger at the end of episode two. Maybe there was. Um, the one episode that I do remember the cliffhanger was, and I'll bleep this so you don't get spoiled, was when he... Yeah. But I don't remember the 
I don't remember the the way the last episode ended. The last episode ended with uh, his stepfather following some money that his mother had spent. Oh yeah, yeah. Into yeah. a warehouse, he opens up that warehouse door and he finds the boat that had sunk. Right, he finds the the boat that that Oliver Queen and his father and his girlfriend's sister were on. What mm-hmm. uh, intimating what that. That Someone his mom had done that on purpose, yeah, and, and that had, his mom, and we've gotten hints that his mom's been involved, and what fished the boat out, yes, yeah. There, is, there, there, there is an underlying detail that the mom is not on the up and up. Was this like them, them putting the the plane at the bottom of the ocean lost? Yeah, kind of a thing? little bit, a little bit. Okay, wow. But it's great. It's this huge giant warehouse. He opens the door, completely empty except for this giant yacht. In like three pieces. Wow! In the in there, and you know, it's a question of how did it get there? Why was she spending the money? Yeah. You know, why does she need this information? So this comes on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah, Wednesdays at eight seven central. I'm at I'm on their website right now. I would I would give this a shot because it's not cheesy. It's not it's not Birds of Prey. You know, it's okay. not. Uh, it's not Smallville. I wouldn't say it's Smallville. And good-looking people. <laughs> and that, you know, um, the the stepfather, uh-huh. the black guy, I, I've seen him before. He's a great actor. Let's see. Um, I don't Looking know what I've cast. seen him in. I should have looked because here it is right in front of me. He's not on the Arrow Colin website. Salmon is his name. He's a, he's a British actor. You know, and for a while, and this still still could be the case, but I really felt that he was going to be crooked in some way or something like that. But it really feels like he's on the up and up, and he's probably going to team up with Arrow at some point to go up against his mom. I mean, because his mom's the big bad. Yeah, in fact, he's the one that discovered that his his new wife is involved with something shady. So I'm amazed you guys have sold me. Yeah, I, Bill, I can hook you up with those older episodes. Okay, they are actually, and they're and they're probably on on demand. Well, if they're okay. on, if they're on demand, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, that's tremendous. Try I just, I, I love the idea that there's a new show out that people like us would enjoy that is actually being produced and is not, you know, is being taken seriously enough to do well. It's not like the Cape on NBC, if you remember okay. that. There was I, a lot of I like, remember Ugh. I remember intentionally not watching it. <laughs> I gave the Cape so many chances, but you it just are, couldn't do it. You are much better off yeah. Bill for not having watched Okay. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because of the lead actor was just too cheesy or if the storylines were too cheesy or if they were trying too hard. All right. But this one just feels like it's a mystery that's going to be solved and uh. Arrow just happens to be the one that's going to solve yeah, that I'm mystery. Yeah, not, I'm not getting a... I don't feel like a nacho chip at all watching this okay. program. Um, it's... Um, I don't know if it's getting a decent, uh, if it's getting decent numbers. It's. I brought it up on Wikipedia. I can probably find. Well, it. I mean, it's uh, overnight ratings for uh, October twenty fourth, which is a few weeks back now. I'm not sure which episode this measures, um, but uh, it scored a one point one, which doesn't sound good, but um, it was almost as good as NBC's Animal Practice. Uh, it had a one point two. Um, 
And uh, I mean, it had three and a half million viewers. Um, actually, Supernatural uh, dropped those numbers considerably from it. Uh, a lot of people watched Arrow and didn't stick around for Supernatural afterwards, which I, is I, the exact opposite way I've been doing it. I've been I'll have uh, to show up an hour early, I guess. I've been looking at the uh, at yeah. the number of viewers for each week, and it's at the it started off at four point one million, then okay. three point five million, then three point five million for the third episode. Good for the fourth episode, three oh five. So it's still in the three millions. I don't know. I don't know how share wise what that works out yeah. to and stuff like that. But uh, well, I mean, it depends. Uh, Modern Family is pulling twelve million viewers uh, and a four point nine uh, rating. Yeah, but CW smaller numbers go off absolutely. A lot, a, well, CW is smart enough to realize that shows like um, uh, shows like Supernatural can stick around for seven or eight years because they're reaching the right demographics. You know, they they know they know that they've got a relatively built in audience at the CW who are not necessarily interested in watching Modern Family. They'd rather watch uh, 90210 and uh, The Vampire Diaries and Supernatural and Arrow. And I just think that's cool. I, I'm glad that there's a network out there that can put out kind of fringy stuff, not fringe, but stuff that's kind of on the edge of mainstream and still made it happen. I mean, these days, uh, those networks that are doing that kind of stuff are usually cable networks. And so it's interesting to see that there's a, a standard, free, over-the-air commercial broadcast network that is able to put on stuff that isn't just absolute, you know, Colored by numbers, you know, cut and paste, you know, you know, here's your sitcom, you know, here's your drama, here's another CSI show. You know, it's nice to see that it, they can do something a little bit different uh, because uh, there's, I think there's pretty clearly nothing like Arrow out there right now. And I'm not even sure what would even come close. Uh, probably, um, I mean, it's the same. It's in the same genre. I guarantee you, it, it gets yeah. the same audience as Revolution, as Fringe, as any of those kind of soft tech, yeah, soft high tech. Because right now, shows. Um, I mean, sci-fi. I'm, that's what I meant. To say. I'm soft enjoying sci-fi shows. I'm still enjoying Fringe, although I was not pleased uh, a couple weeks back. We can talk about that if you want to. Um, and I'm. Uh, I'm still uh, still digging Supernatural. It's a guilty pleasure, and I'll watch it if it goes for 20 more years, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, the the two shows this season that I'm kind of interested in following, I have not been following uh, Last Resort and Arrow. And uh, um, I just, shoot, man, I'm, I'm, I'm falling asleep two or three times uh, just trying to get Fringe watched. So now there's there's not any extra TV watching happening for me. That's just my sad story. Did you see the last episode of Fringe? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I saw the very end of it because, again, I fell asleep on that thing uh, either two or now three times trying to watch the end of it. Did you see Peter in front of the mirror? No, I guess not. Okay, then I'll stop. Okay. I, I saw it. Crazy, and, uh, man. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. I uh, I had a, a Fringe watching festival I guess last weekend, and so I caught up on on all of them. I'm, and, uh, I'm I, I cannot believe what they did with Etta. They just that I'm I'm still not over that. I yet. hear you. And I realize that you know I realize the producers, you know, are trying to keep it from being stale and and oh you know 
telegraph every single move. Um, Do you think they're going to go back in time, back to... No, I don't think so, because... Like, somehow rewind, because... Hey, you should hear Johnny M's theory he laid on me this morning. Okay, well, hit us. Well, it has to do with the end of this last episode. Eh, I don't care. I'm going to watch it anyway. Okay, spoiler alert, people, for the latest episode. Actually, when you hear this, it'll be two previous episodes of Fringe, so... Yeah, so don't worry about it. At the end... Okay, you know in this episode of Fringe we're talking about, he was trying to extract information from the right. observer that yes. they had captured. Yes, he, he was. The, I think the last thing I saw was uh, he was he was putting in the he was putting in the, the the piece that had like the four pins, and it's like if I put it in wrong, this whole thing will blow up. And you know, it's like, hey, I can right. tell by by the way your pupils dilate whether you're you know happy or sad yeah. and whatever. And so he ended up. Getting that piece in, and I think that's roughly where I fell. That's about halfway through. Yeah, okay. that's probably about right. Near the end of the episode, okay. it turns out his assumptions about um, the dilation of the pupils was completely wrong. Oh, no. And oh, no. he got angry. Who, what, the observer or Peter? Peter. Okay. And what he ended up doing was cutting out of the back of the neck of the observer, the piece of tech that all yes. observers have in the back of their neck. Yes. And he took it and he cut his own neck open yeah. and inserted the piece of tech into nice. the back of his own neck. Nice. Now, you, you did know, he know funny, why? When, when he did that, I, I kept thinking, how does he expect connect that to his spine but then it automatically does it right so i I was doing a little eye rolling until it did the little worm move so what was his expectation was Was he trying to tap into the observers he he was language and their plans and all that or when when he found out that the observer basically outwitted him by making him think one thing right he got angry and he said you know you're nothing special if i had that tech i would be Twice the, well, yeah. I don't know what he said. Twice the man, twice the right observer. I do as twice you the are. observing as you I do. Could, you know, I could. There's so I could be so much more than you are if I had that tech. So he ended up putting it in his own neck. Okay, so Johnny M's put his money where his mouth was. Yeah, Johnny M's theory is: what if Peter was he like the first observer? Ends or up going back in time to okay. be the September character. That has been helping them all along. I like that. That is very cool. That's quite a paradox because that means he saved himself from drowning. Yeah, and the only problem is that he doesn't look a thing like September. Don't worry about that. Now, I could see a situation where you do the whole Planet of the Apes thing where it turns out that he begat the observers by being the first one linearly, chronologically. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe... That could work. Maybe he uh, uses some other tech to change his appearance. I yeah. I totally love that theory. That's yeah, that's great. John, that's Johnny M's theory. Interesting. It's not mine, Johnny M. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't see them going back in time. I mean they they finish that storyline, and it's such a drag that that storyline has a sad ending now. Um, I'm really glad that or does it. Well, as far as we know, I mean, I'm still holding out some hope. I know it's not, you know, I know it's BS, but I'm still holding out some hope that they'll bring Etta back before the end. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my Which I, breath. I, I I have to say, when Edda died, um, well, it was the, the classic. You didn't see her die. You assume she died. She's got the gut shot, which is generally a long. It's not like she got shot in the heart or the brain or whatever. She got shot in the gut, which stinks. And I, then she's laying there. It's like, no, you got to go. You got to go. I'm going to blow this thing up. I, I, was, I was fascinated by Walter's lack of compassion, in a sense, because he lost, when he lost Peter, right. he was so devastated he had to steal Peter back. Well, what about, what about that yet, exchange? But yet he, you know, he doesn't seem to be able to relate. That, this is just a character flaw. Well, but in the second... I, it just feels like Walter should be more sympathetic to this. In the episode after that, where it was basically the entire episode was kind of a, a, a television eulogy to her character, there's that scene where Walter tries to convince um, Olivia to, to watch, the, watch the VHS of one of Etta's birthday parties. Yeah. And Olivia, again, this is credit to the writers, Olivia... You know he he does a very good job of convincing her. He's basically saying, you know, I'm a you know, I don't want you and Peter to be pulled apart again by this. I know it's going to be painful to watch it. I think that you and Peter need to see this. You know, it's it's the whole Kirk, you know, I need my pain kind of thing. You know, my pain makes me human. I need my pain. It it that to and me she just says very just contrived really see because i i totally bought that i thought that was a great scene i thought that was one of the one of the better interpersonal moments between them and especially because they went against the grain you know olivia didn't go okay you're right yeah i should watch it no she goes she goes i'm hanging by a thread here and no i'm not going to watch it and that kind of throws that kind of throws him for a bit of a loop you know he's not sure what to make of it at that point i mean if we're talking spoilers here she watches it I mean, you, you figured she would eventually, yeah. but you totally understand that she wasn't ready to at that point. Yeah, you know, I get that. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, dang, that show is good. And I wish I was caught up on, um, uh, wish I was caught up on Lost Horizon or, uh, sh- sorry, Last Resort, my bad. Um, because uh, that show has been pretty good so far. And I think it's going to have legs. I just don't know how. Yeah, so this, we'll this this I'll, episode. I'll, I'll catch up and let you know. This next episode, they're having a Star Trek type of uh, plot line, where uh, everyone goes mad on the submarine, and then it turns Ooh. out it's I still haven't watched that show. I'm caught up with Revolution, mm. but but I haven't watched. And see, I haven't I haven't watched one second of the TV show Revolution. Not that I hate the idea. I just just you know again. Mm. I almost literally don't have time to watch the couple of shows I already watch, so the idea of adding a bunch more to the list is just Well, make it a point to, to watch Arrow. It's, yeah. worth, it's worth the investment. Yeah, I do want to watch uh, Arrow, and I didn't feel bad uh, participating in this episode, um, even though I hadn't watched Arrow, because I figured it was a good chance for me to pick your brains and find out if it was uh, worth uh, spending time on. And uh, again, you've sold me. Um, I'm, I'm going to commit. I'm going to get there. All right, before we go, before we close this out, I just wanted, I got something for you guys. Oh, oh Brad, you are um, the man. A couple of weeks ago, uh, you guys stood me up yes. when we were all supposed to go see the Sundogs yes, play. Yes, I stood you up. And I want to apologize. You um, don't need to. Well, no, I, I want to support him. He is going to have more. Well, explain what we got. Uh, our our buddy, Todd Hartzell, yeah. uh, who uh, 
you know, Frank, I don't think you ever worked with Todd, but you've met him. But Bill and I had. Yeah. He, he worked at the place that we all worked at. <clears throat> uh, Todd and uh, some of his friends have their own band called the Sundogs. You can find them at facebook.com slash sundogstx. Okay. And uh, they have been working on an EP for a couple of years, and they finally got it out. It's called The Reckoning. There's three originals on there, and they did a cover of uh, Bruce Springsteen's Light of Day. Interesting. Now, didn't we hear more than three originals from them? At, uh, I believe we so. Saw them. I believe so. Okay. But in, you know, for this EP, they just put the okay. three on there with, with that cover. And they, they had a CD release party the other day in McKinney, yeah. suburb of Dallas. And uh, I went and I picked up a couple of... They were giving out free CDs for anybody awesome. who showed up. So I got a couple for you guys. Thank you. And it's and I'm appreciated. Gonna, I'm going to close out the show with one of their original tracks. Good. Please do. So um, that's the music you'll hear at the end. Fantastic. And um, uh, it was a good time. And uh, uh, Todd said to, to tell you guys hi. And uh, thanks for coming out when you get the opportunity to. No doubt. And yeah. um, we, we got to see him. Uh, I told him you were a bit under the weather. Couple months ago, well, yeah. and I, I was, I wasn't kidding. Um, uh, I think, I think you didn't get there until what? It was ten, ten thirty. I got somewhere off work there. at ten that night. And yeah, I got, I got there at ten thirty. I was in bed and basically asleep by nine thirty. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so. okay. You know what my my excuse was? Yeah, none because I just I must have had the date wrong or something. Saturday night, I was so bored. I was hanging out with my friend Mark, and we were watching uh, I'm sure Alabama. Mark appreciates that. Yeah, Arm, uh, Alabama, and LSU play. Wow. Uh, in in a bar, just and I was just like, "Can this game end so I can go home?" Oh, that, that oh you know, no, I thought about. Completely forgot. I thought about sending you a text saying, "Where are you?" But uh, I thought, you know, no. if you had Mark and I would have come because we were bored stiff. Well, bored next stiff. time I will. And then yeah. anyway, so I'll end a, I'll end um, the show. I'll probably end the next. Two or three episodes of Half Hour Wasted with, cool. with a different I, I track. I love, I love the yeah, CD. Yeah, show art. Frank that CD. Yeah, he's yeah, I'm ripping it right now. That's it's awesome. Um, it looks yeah. like an LP. This uh, my um, uh, demo reel. Yeah, basically looks like this. It, yeah. It's it looks like a record. Yeah, it's cool. So I love it. They they're just a rock and roll band. Um, you know, uh, southern rock, classical rock. Um, they've got some great cover tunes when they play. But uh, you can listen to their new stuff at uh, facebook.com slash sundogstx. I've known Todd for a very long time. He's a good man. Yeah, good guy. Um, he's like a brother, and uh, and they're a very good band. So anyway, we'll wrap this episode up. Please let us know what you want us to do for episode 300. Give it's us some ideas. You people. Cool. Next episode is episode 297, and oh, that's, no. the one, that's when we're going to make the announcement. So... Hopefully, we'll be able to schedule the recording of episode 287, uh, 297, pardon me, you know, in in a timely fashion. So you, maybe you've heard this last warning. So, okay. You know what I mean? So or with that said, last desperate plea. Yes. Let, let me read this and you can throw the music underneath yep. it. Uh, you've been listening to A Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHW LED Podcast Network. Visit the show's website at halfhourwasted.com. And don't forget to visit the message board at forumforgeeks.com. Send your questions or comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Or you can also drop us an individual email at Brad, Frank, or Bill at halfhourwasted.com. Follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. And until next week... We'll see you guys. Please enjoy the sundown. These lights.